0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Dowling. Our guest this week is Kansas U.S. Senator Jerry Moran. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry provides individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse open mic continues with Senator Jerry Moran, next. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. The National Crop Insurance Services provide individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Now four months into the new fiscal year, Congress is yet to agree on spending legislation. Legislators are facing another short-term spending deadline and have yet to approve assistance for those who've suffered natural disasters. Kansas U.S. Senator Jerry Moran says the decisions aren't getting easier and will have an impact on the new Farm Bill.
1: We wouldn't often think about disaster uh, a bill as related to the Farm Bill, but they are related in part because there's an effort to take care of problems associated with trying to living as a cotton farmer and a dairy farmer. So there's cotton issues and dairy issues that are included in the bill that the House sent to the Senate. And uh, those set the stage for the Farm Bill in a couple of ways. One, it um, it provides an increase in the baseline. So if we spend money on these programs in the disaster bill, by the time we write the Farm Bill, that means more money for the Farm Bill, less fighting among ourselves for how the money in the Farm Bill gets distributed. So just easier writing a Farm Bill, obviously, with more money than less. The second part of it is it also would take care of, in, at least in part, A couple of contentious issues, dairy policy, cotton programs are challenging and sometimes contentious issues and if we can come together now it makes it a little easier to to write a farm bill. We're all more on the same page uh, with a little bit more money. One piece of legislation or multiple pieces of legislation? I would expect that uh, whatever happens uh, with a number of issues including disaster assistance becomes a part of a much bigger piece of legislation, particularly related to the funding of the federal government now till the end of the fiscal year, which is September the 30th. So um, we've continued the current funding uh, until the middle of January. We now need to figure out what happens between the middle of January and September, and that bill has to be passed, or we have so-called shut down a government, uh, and this issue of disaster assistance will be included. I also would say that I didn't intend for this disaster assistance just to be about uh, setting the stage for a farm bill. Disaster assistance is important for the people who've suffered lots of losses in Texas and Florida and Puerto Rico and elsewhere in the country. And from a Kansas perspective, the losses we've seen uh, in Texas and and Oklahoma and Kansas related to fires, uh, just the things that, uh, that don't make the nightly news, but there's a lot of natural disasters that have occurred that farmers and rural communities and others are really hurting and we're
0: still on the heels of the wildfires in california that really i haven't seen a dollar
1: figure attached to that as yet so the disasters continued uh... with the uh, uh, montana and california uh... and we don't wish uh, ill on anyone it does mean that there's a lot more members of congress who are interested in disaster assistance than otherwise would be if this was just a kansas issue or just an oklahoma issue uh, our ability to, to find some solutions would be more challenging. Uh, the more people who have had and experienced difficult times, the more likely is we can get something done. New faces in the Senate, will it take 60 votes? Uh, it will take 60 votes to pass uh, the not only the disaster plan, but the continuing resolution or the omnibus spending bill. Uh, and what that means is that uh, we need to, f- to make certain that we continue the path toward working together. The idea that the Senate in particular can just do something in a partisan way, that happens pretty rarely through something called reconciliation, and it happened twice in the last year, one dealing with the Affordable Care Act Obamacare, uh, one dealing with tax changes, but that's a rare opportunity, and the the rules of the Senate require 60 votes. In my view, that's a good thing, Uh, and it forces uh, members of Congress, Republicans, Democrats, East and West, rural and urban to find common ground. And it's a, it's a reminder to me as somebody who cares a lot about farmers and ranchers, agriculture, rural, is that we're, we're always a minority. We're a minority whether the Republicans or Democrats are in the so-called majority of the House and Senate. And what that means is we gotta work better, smarter, and be much more cooperative with each other, uh, certainly civil and respectful of each other so that we can find solutions that benefit all.
0: Senate Ag Chair Pat Roberts has mentioned more than once that he wants to be on time with new farm policy. But it will be difficult to write that policy without a real budget number to work
1: with. That's true. Uh, and uh, history would also suggest, uh, while, while I think it, it – it, and, and I would say, first of all, it's it not necessarily is going to be the House or Senate Ag Committee's fault if there's not a farm bill done quickly – they can be very well prepared, but first a couple of things happen, have to happen. One of those we talked about was disaster assistance. That will affect the baseline, but the budget is sets the stage for the dollars available in a farm bill. But even after the farm bill is written in the, in the committees, then you still have to get 60 senators who are prepared to vote in favor of that farm bill because any one senator can put a hold on the bill, can threaten a filibuster, can perform a filibuster, and uh, the the challenge there is not necessarily just what happens in the committee, but it's also how much time is available on the Senate floor to debate, discuss, vote on amendments. And I would guess that this Farm Bill will generate lots of amendments. Uh, there is a continued concert, concerted effort to undermine crop insurance. Uh, there will be lots of amendments that it, uh, I assume that will be offered. To do just that, Uh, Title I and the farm farm programs are always controversial. It's why that in order to get broad support, we need to continue including nutrition programs uh, and conservation programs along with farm programs to put together a coalition of uh, 60-plus senators who'd be supportive of the bill. Some recent data suggests $10 billion have been paid in
0: crop insurance premiums. And Rob Johannesson, the chief economist at the Department of Agriculture, is suggesting maybe 6 or $7 billion to be paid out. It's a program that is solid, yet the CBO has offered a 38-page report on how to take money out of the crop insurance program. Will the challenge come in Ag Committee, or will it come on the floor?
1: Uh, my guess is it will come on the Senate floor. That uh, past uh, experience suggests that. Uh, and generally, members of the Ag Committee are going to be supportive of crop insurance. Uh, we all have kind of different little points of view and uh, aspects of the program. But crop insurance is generally going to be supported by the members of the Senate and House Ag Committees. The challenge will come by members kind of outside of agriculture who see this as an opportunity to... Cut kind a of program they don't believe in or see as wasteful or don't understand agriculture and how crop insurance works. You've been deeply involved in farm policy before now serving with appropriations but the
0: question how do you see the decision over setting arc and PLC levels of helping farmers in these difficult times without affecting the acres of crops that they plant?
1: Uh, that's the that's a real challenge. That's an ag policy issue that uh, faces uh, a lot of conversation and discussion, and and some bright people trying to figure out solutions. I would say that the ARC and PLC program farmers were frustrated. They had to choose, and that they were locked in for uh, uh, the life of the farm bill. It's another reason that there's a lot of interest in getting a farm bill done sooner rather than later. If we can't get it done by its expiration date here in in 2018. It means an extension. It means that we're still going to be dealing with ARC and PLC into the future, um, and ARC and PLC uh, have not worked well because, well, because commodity prices are so low in in, in significant part, but also because the timing of those payments are so so delayed. Uh, a year after the, the the difficulty arises, then the compensation occurs, uh, and uh, in addition to that. The the opportunity, the, the circumstances that farmers find themselves in is that so many times across a county line, they get a different result, and so farmers next door can be receiving a, a significant payment, and a, I heard it today in the conversation I had with a, with a farmer in my presentation here at AFB. Um, in my county, we got nothing. The next county next door to us, they, they receive payments, and so there's lots of challenges. Part of that is about where the information comes from. Um, FSA versus uh, R- RMA, and those kind of issues need to be resolved. But those are, those are kind of technical, policy-oriented decisions that uh, with, uh, with enough information, we can make better choices. One of the big discussions in agriculture is about trade. This president campaigned
0: that he was against trade agreements. He spoke against the TPP, and he spoke against NAFTA. Pulled the U.S. out of TPP, and now threatens to pull us out of NAFTA and chorus,
1: Knowing that you deal with commerce... How does that set with your Kansas constituents? Well, it is troublesome to most Kansas constituents, and it's very concerning to me. Uh, I am a member of the Commerce Committee, uh, which has jurisdiction over the Department of Commerce. Uh, and uh, we invited, at, at my request, the Secretary of Commerce, uh, Wilbur Ross, who has been designated by the President as his, as his trade uh, expert. Uh, and uh, he met, he, the Secretary, met with every Republican member of the Commerce Committee All who delivered a message very similar to what mine was and would continue to be is, NAFTA is important to us, and a withdrawal, while that's a tactic perhaps to get some concession, the risk of NAFTA falling apart is so great that it's a risk that we shouldn't take. As a Kansan, that's uh, when you say, what do my constituents think? Uh, Most of them would say Mexico is our number one market for agriculture commodities. Uh, and, again, in today's economic environment, we can't afford the risk of losing that. I think the administration has had the thought that American agricultural products, uh, commodities, are so valuable that no country would deal with any other country but us. And I wish that was true, but we know in the absence. We saw it with TPP, where we declined to negotiate and to participate in reaching an agreement, uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership. The other countries did. It went on without us. And there's now an agreement. We're trying to reach a bilateral, start negotiations with Japan for a bilateral agreement. Japan is saying, no, we have the opportunity is to do it in the multinational TPP setting. And that's the only way we're going to negotiate. So from a, you know, a pork producer's point of view, for example, Japan is a huge market. From a livestock perspective, that matters so much. I also would say that we sometimes forget about, we, we think about just how many dollars of agricultural commodities we sell, how many jobs in this country... Uh, are related to food processing and its export. And in manufacturing jobs, not just in the growing of crops, not just in the production of livestock, but in the manufacturing of food, uh, 14 percent of those manufacturing jobs are food-related and those are export. Uh, Again, we're, 98, 99 percent of the mouths to feed are outside the United States. We can't afford to not have those markets.
0: Is it safe to say that there's more than should be considered in a trade agreement than just
1: overall commerce what about trade barriers and market access the trump administration is correct in in worrying about the effectiveness of trade agreements that how do we end up uh, too often in, on the short end of a deal and that's you know a trade agreement is generally about reducing tariffs so that our products can get into their country more freely but too often we've seen other countries find other excuses to keep our products out sometimes related to these technology issues and that's where we need to go to bat, is to enforce the agreement and to make sure when another country finds an excuse, phytosanitary, technology, GMO issues, that we don't allow that to happen. It's not that the trade agreement is bad, it's that we, that other countries through currency manipulation and the things I just mentioned, they don't uh, abide by, they, they find a way around the agreement. And that's where we need to step in with enforcement. Is there hope in an election year that some form of immigration reform or agriculture worker legislation could move through the upper chamber? Uh, These issues have been around a long time, and they're very difficult to deal with, but I think the answer to that is yes, in part because DACA is front and center. And so I think one of the problems we've had uh, in the past is that we've had too many members of Congress who've said, unless we do everything related to immigration, we're not going to do anything. And my view is we ought to do the things that we can agree on, and I think it's much more likely we can agree on ag workers, long-term, short-term ag workers in the United States, than many of the other contentious immigration issues. And it is also true that the challenges that uh, livestock producers, dairymen face today in finding a workforce are much more challenging than they were even a short time ago. The problem continues to grow uh, and we've seen some evidence in the House of Representatives that uh, Republicans are coming together on an, an ag- immigration bill. It sets the stage. Uh, your question is, uh, I started out a bit optimistic that it could be done. I think that's the answer. But nothing would be easy about that issue.
0: Tax reform has been approved. And the thought or the challenge was that it would cost the nation money, up to one and a half trillion dollars. But as we watched the debate on the issue, it was suggested that we were seeing economic growth at 1.9%. Is the 1.9% real? And if the economy grows faster, how will that affect the ultimate expense of this reform package we've approved?
1: Well, I believe that the tax bill will help grow the economy, and I don't like using the phrase, or, or I wouldn't have voted for it. But I don't like using the phrase uh, "growing the economy." What that, what I think I should say is, more jobs. Better jobs, higher-paying jobs, more stable jobs. Uh, how can you expect a, a corporation that's paying uh, tax rates at 35% to, to be focused on staying in the United States and creating more jobs here when you can take your company someplace else and pay 15 to 20? Uh, just common sense tells us that we have to have a tax code that's at least in the ballpark of tax rates that other industrialized countries are using. And so I'm of the view that this country is poised for economic growth. I think we've been stifled for uh, years, in part because of the regulatory environment, the, the lack of access to credit because of overregulation of banks and financial institutions, uh, and uh, because uh, we have a tax code that hasn't been helpful to those jobs, that's job creation. And I think this is a boost to the economy. The the tax bill was built on an assumption that we would have a... Uh, four-tenths of 1% increase in GDP that we otherwise would not have? That seems within the ballpark. That seems realistic to me. My hope is it's something much more. And, um, again, the, the, the proof will be in the future. If we see this economic growth, what it means to us is that uh, there are more consumers. People are feeling better. They're better able to pay off their mortgages. From an agricultural point of view, it means we have consumers with more money in their pocket who are willing to, uh, to purchase goods, commodities, food, Uh, in a way that benefits agriculture.
0: No shortage of issues here in 2018 and a very busy schedule for our distinguished Senator from Kansas. We appreciate your visiting with us here on this edition of Open Mic. And as an
1: Open Mic tradition, Senator, you have the last word. It is so good to be with you. And we continue to ask uh, in all the things that we talked about. uh, One of the reasons I'm here at American Farm Bureau's annual meeting is for them to tell me what's on their mind. So while you've been nice to ask me my opinions, what this is really about is testing my opinions against the folks who have good common sense and judgment. Are we trying to are we are we getting the country on the right path? And I hope the answer to that's yes. And I hope we see it soon. Our thanks
0: to Kansas U.S. Senator Jerry Moran, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of our farmers, commodity organizations rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Crop Insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For
1: AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Alley.